Good morning. I do love those shirts, and they are free, so that's good. But uh, you survived the, the snowstorm. Yes. We don't need any courses of Frosty, but it has been cold outside. But it reminds me of a story. It's good to see the stocks here. God bless you. It's good to see Cindy. Hey, um, there was a, a fellow goes to a goes to a hotel to to spend the night. He's excited, to, you know, to get. He's tired, and he just wants. To, you ever been there? You just want a place to rest, and so he goes and uh, he gets in his room and. You know, it starts getting settled, and he thinks, well, you know what? I'm just going to turn on the set and just kind of veg for a little bit. Anybody like to veg a little bit, get something you just like? And so he gets in, and he looks around, there's no TV set. He's like, what? So he, he walks all the way down to the main entrance and to the, to the desk, and the manager says, can I help you? He said, yeah, I'm in room 24. He said, sure, glad to have you with us. He said, there's no TV in room 24. He said, there's no TV in any room, the manager says. He goes, what? He said, yes. The manager said, we don't believe in him. I said, you don't believe in him? He said, no. He said, there's too much bad stuff on TV. Not good for you. We don't believe in it. The guy said, you know, I would have called down here, but I can't find my phone. The manager says, we don't believe in him. He said, you don't believe in the telephone? He said, no, people gossip too much. We don't believe in him. We don't have any phones in here. The guy says, this is the craziest hotel I've ever stayed at. I'll tell you what, it's late, I'm tired. I'm going to go to the Coke machine, get me a bottle of Coke, go back to my room, sleep. I'm out of here first thing in the morning. And the guy looks and just shakes his head. He said, don't tell me, you don't have a Coke machine. He goes, no, we don't believe in them. He said, what's the matter with that? He goes, oh, too many chemicals put in your body. Not good. Well, we don't believe in any of that. The guy goes, well... Can I ask you, Mr. Manager, what you do believe in? The manager stands up tall and he says, we believe in the second coming. And the guy said, let me tell you something. If Jesus has been here once, he ain't coming back. <laughs> oh, I thought that was funny. It deserved more laughs than that. Jeez. <laughs> Let's say hello to our online crowd. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming. We're excited. I'm telling you, you want to get here early Saturday because I really do believe this place will be packed out. We'll be pulling out white chairs and get everything all set up. We're so excited Dr. Jerry Savella's coming. So that's good. We've been talking about living blessed. We've been, this is our second week in this series. We've been just talking about, you know, and that's a kind of a coin phrase. We, who wants to live blessed? We all would say, yes, I want to live blessed. But not to the point where we're so spiritual that we, we can't talk to people. You know, have you ever seen those people? They're ultra spiritual. Hey, how are you? I'm living blessed, highly favored of the almighty God. You know, and I'm like, okay, that's good. I like that. But just, I mean, couldn't you just say, I'm blessed. That's cool. But anyway, we want to, well, how do we do that? And I want to be blessed, not in the world's kind of blessing, but in God's blessing. So, and if we wanted to talk about love, if we were opening up that door, it is February. The 14th is coming, man-made holiday, but yet it's still coming. Valentine's Day for you guys I'm helping out. I got to remember that too. <laughs> um, but we talk about love, not the world's kind of love, but a God kind of love. What's love got to do, got to do with it? Yeah. But in the kingdom, 
Love is a priority. In the world, it's a selfish desire. We have to retrain our brain to start asking God, what is your definition of love? And, of course, we could always go right back to John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But I want to even go a little further than that. I want to look at some other stuff about living blessed. So our first thought, we got to live God's way. we got to love the way God loves, to love God's way. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 that is what they call, at least in Corinthians, that 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. But I want to just look at 4 and 7 right now. Love is patient and kind. It's not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And here's what I mean, the difference in the world, they, we put, or we have a tendency, we put athletes, uh, stars, movie stars on the cover of magazines, on the podium of whatever. I mean, we just lift them way up, and they're role models. We idolize. Boy, if I could just be like that. I'm not saying it's wrong to be on a magazine cover or a Wheaties box. I'm not saying that's wrong. What I am saying is we need to get perspective on how we feel or how we initiate what God is telling us to do. How many knows that people are people and they will let you down? You know, because we're people. People are, I have people say, I'm looking for the perfect church. You're going to look forever because there is none because church is full of people. Pastors aren't perfect. People aren't perfect. But we tend to model our life after someone that we almost think is like, they just have it all. Did you know that even though what we see isn't everything that we see, every movie star, every world athlete, they got issues. All God's children got issues of some kind because we're people. We all need God. Check this scripture out. This is in Opinions 5.11. He that tooteth his own horn... The same shall not be tooted. Opinions 5.11. Basically, this is what I'm trying to say. It's not the whistle that pulls the train. The whistle just makes noise. Have you ever ran into someone, they spend the next 10 minutes to tell you how spiritual they are. And how, you know, boy, God is just, he just does this and this and this. And I get it. And I, you know, and it's okay to give God praise. So please I'm trying to put this in context. I think you know what I'm, I'm talking about. But if, if we are real spiritual, and that's okay, wouldn't, God, wouldn't that just be revealed as we walk? People will just know. Some of the most spiritual people are the people that really didn't talk a whole lot. It's just what they did. Sometimes they talk, and that's fine. Sometimes, you know, you just want to get by people that you're just like, I just, I mean, I have people in ministry, and, and one of them is coming Saturday. I'd like to, can I just... Sit. You don't have to even speak, but if you do, I want to hear it. Because there's just wisdom. There's just anointing on that. Success is from the Lord. How many know that Jesus, it says that he'll exalt and he'll tear down? Success is from the Lord. God is strong in you. You won't have to announce it. It'll be evident. Proverbs 27, 1 and 2 puts it in perspective. Don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring. Let someone else praise you. Not your own mouth. 
a stranger, not your own lips. Now, just to be as clear as is Claritin for you. I need work on this, too. Sometimes I feel like I have to get the last word in. See, that's not easy for me to say. But sometimes don't you feel like, okay, I'll wait till you say what you have to say, and then I, what's really important I'm going to say, so go ahead and get yours out. Yeah. Did you know that God's love is, is so different than the world's because God's love has self-control? I'm learning that I don't always have to have the last word. If you're married, you don't have to have the last word. Husband. <laughs> Wife. Quit elbowing each other. You know, if we would say, I would like to be God for a day. Oh, boy. Wouldn't half the planet be toast? <laughs> it would just be, ha-ha, lightsaber. <laughs> Let me just say this. If somebody can't control themselves, then it's not God's love that's operating. They've yielded to something else. Galatians 5, and 23 says, The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. A lot of what we see today in everything around us is more self-centered. It's looking out for number one. You know, whatever, if it feels good, do it. How many remember that phrase? I mean, it's just whatever makes you happy. And then we all have to go along with that. Let's stay in the, in the realm of what the word says. Someone once said America is no longer a society. We're all individuals with our own rights. Not about what's best for the community or the country, but what's best for the individuals. And that's, there's a lot of truth in that. You know, it used to be almost the, the uh, three musketeers, all for one and one for all. And, and there, you know, we have incredible armed forces that go out and defend our country every day that we don't even realize. But you know why? Because they are bigger than themselves. They are centered on the cause, freedom. Our second thought this morning, not only must we love God's way, but we got to take risks. And again, I'm speaking to myself. So, you know, you guys are here and I appreciate you being here listening to me talk to myself. But we got to take risks. Loving security keeps us from receiving God's best. So many times we just, I just want to play everything safe. I just want to do it all safely. Safely isn't always the right answer. You know, as God is growing this ministry... We have to, as pastors, let go of some things. We have to. There's safety in, in our minds, like, I just got to keep it all, keep it all. Because we're used to it and we're safe, but, but you, can't, you can't spread your wings and grow that way. 2 Kings 7, 3, and 4 says, There were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die, they ask each other. We'll starve if we stay here. With the famine in the city, we'll starve if we go back there. So we might as well, check this out, go and surrender to the Armenian army. They let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we'd have died anyway. I mean, talk about, would you like to have those kind of thoughts? But these guys are at the gate of the city, and they're, they're, they're weighing their chances. 
They've got a disease. They're just, you know, there's all these things going on. They want to survive. They consider their options. Let me ask you this morning. Let me challenge you, church. Have you ever looked at your options? Sometimes we don't. We just stay because we don't want to look at options. Because options might make us change. Options might make us take a risk. Options might stretch us a little bit. But let me just say, it's not only you that will be stretched. It might be somebody else that's going to be stretched in that perspective as well. These guys decide to go to their enemies. Worst case, they die. They do nothing, they die. If the enemies don't kill them, they'll at least probably eat, and then they might die. But, you know, they're like, here's my options. So they want to take the chance. So they get to the Syrian camp, and it's totally empty, but still everything's intact. That's how this story plays out. If you look at the Bible and Kings, that's what plays out. They get to the camp. It's completely deserted, but everything is still there. All the food is still there. All the treasure is still there. All the weapons are still there. Everything is intact. So the Lord had the Syrians hear this great army coming. What they heard was chariots and, and horses, and they were terrified, and they just dropped everything and left behind. Let me put this in current phrase, or current. Have you? I'm not into horror movies. I hate them. I don't like them at all. True story. Ask my wife. Can't stand them. Won't watch a second of it. I had people offering to pay me to watch a certain movie. They were going to give me over 100 bucks. Keep your money. Don't need it. My brain is more important than that. My spirit is I'm like, don't need it. Anyway, but have you ever seen a movie that's a thriller and you know somebody's coming and you want to tell the person, you got to run. You got to get up. Run. If you've even watched Jaws, swim faster. <laughs> There's a shark. Like they can hear you. I've been to a movie theater where people are jumping up. Look out. They can't hear you. But I mean, I have said the same thing. Swim. You got to swim. And you see the fin. Boom, 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 boom. Boo swim, Tommy. <laughs> The rest plays out. <laughs> so after lunch, you just like, you got to, that's your option. You got to move. They were terrified. They just left everything. They're like, do you hear that? They're going to kill us. And they dropped everything they were doing and took off. Now, these guys aren't the sharpest knife in the drawer. Their elevator might not all go to the top floor. Couple fries short of a Happy Meal, however you want to put it. <sighs> but they realize when they started taking stuff, the Bible says they, they started, they were eating, they were hiding stuff, and they're like, if we don't go back, this is going to come back and get us. We need, to, we need to go and tell them what's happened. And we can get in good graces with everybody. Because if they found out that they found out <laughs> and didn't tell anybody, 
their sentence is going to be filled out a lot quicker. So they, now listen to this. They went from zero to hero by taking a risk. Zero to hero. They asked themselves this question. How long are we going to sit here? Now that was presented to me, the, confirmed by the Lord. How long are you going to sit here until you take territory I've given you? How long are you going to sit on what I've told you to do? And because we, we kind of, oh, well, we have to play it safe. That's why we're making changes. That's why we're doing more things. That's why we're changing structure. That's why we're doing what we're doing because we, we have to take risks for this church to be what God wants it to be. Maybe you're not happy where you're at. Brett, I'm not happy. What are you doing about it? We could have all kinds of questions or reasons or excuses, however you want to say it. I grew up, I was born in 60. I grew up and my family all the time watched Hee Haw. Anybody ever watch Hee Haw? Gloom, despair, agony on me. Oh, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Yeah. We grew up doing that. Hey, Grandpa, what's for supper? I remember leaning back to my dad going, there's no glass in that window. And dad's going, I, I know. <laughs> like, son, get a grip. But he's like wiping air. Well, we're having cooked peas and cornbread. You know, I mean, just whatever. Why am I saying all this? I don't know. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> but if you never do anything about it, nothing will ever change. Or if you're just, I'm afraid it won't work out. You know, life is full of risks. I met the most beautiful woman I've ever met in my life, and she's sitting in the front row. And the first time I saw her, my whole world changed. Now, I took her out for the first time. Number one, the miracle was she said she'd go. I mean, who could resist? I'm like, I couldn't believe that she said yes. So I'm, I'm already like, whoo. And then when we went out, my, my concern or fear back in that day was that she would say, I am out of here. I am not going out with this guy again. And I was, I was like, because in my, in my world, and I believe, you know, I'm like, she could be with anybody. Why would she pick? me but the rest is history i had to take a risk i had to ask her out again if she would have said no i probably would have never asked her out again but she said yes so there is a god maybe you know you have to take a risk maybe you're just afraid i didn't know if it'd work out but i had to take a risk i had a 50 50 shot she'd say yes or no She'd say, I'm busy, or that would be great. I can't remember, except I was just, in, you know, I don't know what her exact words were, but here we are, five kids later. <sighs> Let me check, see if I have my bullet. <laughs> but, but, Brett, what if I fail? What if you don't try? What if you just do nothing? 
If you aim at nothing, my friends, you will hit it. But if you have God in his word to back you up and his spirit leading you, come on, somebody. If the Holy Spirit in you, do you know that you're a majority because you are, you are full of the Holy Ghost? If you've got Jesus, if you've asked Jesus in your heart, you've got the Holy Ghost. Man, you can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Hallelujah. But when I stand before God, and we all will one day, I don't want him to say, I love you, Brett, but you didn't even try. I want him to say, nice job. You know what? I think Jesus is awesome. I think Jesus was totally cool. I think kids loved Jesus. Kids are honest. Kids will tell you if your breath stinks. They, do, they don't have a filter. My kids got up on my mom's lap one time and grandma gave them a hug. And I don't know if it was Mal or someone said, Grandma, your breath is bad. <laughs> well, you know, she took care of it, I'm sure, because the next time they didn't say that. But kids just tell you. No kid's going to climb up on Jesus' lap if he is really scary or he is nasty or, you know, kids just know. You ever, have, you ever just connect with kids? Because it's just like, I've connected with kids in the store nowadays, and sometimes that can be scary because people think you might be a predator or something. And you're just saying hi. I believe Jesus was cool. I believe Jesus was like, Caden, put it right there. You know, if that was a thing back then, he would have did that. Secret handshake. And kids like, yo, Jesus. Jesus was cool. But you'll never see a change if you're not willing to take a risk. You're going to have to trust him. Jesus, your spirit's going to have to lead me. And I'm going to have to go... I also grew up as a Trekkie where no man has gone before. Now, that doesn't mean somebody hasn't done it, but you might not have done it. So, you know, you have to go. Do whatever the Lord's telling you to do. This is a definition of insanity, one I put in here. If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. But if you do what you've always done and expect different results, that's insanity. So if you... Do what you've always done. You're always going to get what you've always gotten. But if you want something different, you've got to do something different. But you have God and his word and his spirit. I don't want him to look at me and say, you didn't try. I want him to look at me and go, that's my boy. You go. I've had a lot of jobs in my life. Jobs I knew were temporary. Jobs that didn't work out. Jobs I tried to do, but it wasn't God's will. Anybody do that? And just couldn't work out. You wanted it to work out. You thought it was going to work out, but it didn't work out. You just have to move on. At least you tried. You learned. I'm going to say it one more time. At least you tried. You learned. You know, Thomas Edison, they said, hey, you know, you, a thousand times you didn't figure this light bulb out. And he said, that's, that's right. It's a thousand times I figured out what didn't work. And here's the one that did. Abraham Lincoln got said no to all these times he ran for different offices. No, 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 no. And yet he's one of our greatest presidents because he didn't quit. How many times do you think if you've ever failed at something that 
The enemy doesn't come in and say, you're a loser. You failed. You, you blew it. I'm telling you today, praise God you tried. You worked at it. And if that's not what you're supposed to do, then thank God for his direction. Because now you're going to be doing something he wants you to do. So we learn it's either a stumbling block or a stepping stone. I like stepping stones. But the fact that I've had to stumble, I'm not proud of that, but I've learned from it. I don't want to be who I was before. Are you with me? Brett, I've never tried anything. And that's just how I live. Anybody can live like that. I'm going to say it one more time. Anybody can live like that. You can live in a bubble. You can live and never try anything, but you're going to have a boring life. Your lost neighbor can live like that. Your unsaved family members live like that. How long are you going to sit there? Time's ticking. You're burning daylight. Your future is not going to change unless you change it by doing something. Getting that prompting from the Lord. What do you want me to do? Let me try it. Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. That's insane. But God, if you're calling me to do a deeper level, the Bible says deep calls unto deep. So if you're calling me, you're gonna have to, I'm going to have to learn something new. Believe it or not, this body used to be in good time shape. It's in a shape now, but it's not good time. <laughs> but, you know, I lettered in a couple times. You know, I had a lot of natural ability. I lettered in tennis. I don't look like a tennis player, but I was good in tennis. I lettered, believe this, are you ready? Swim team. Does this look like Mark Spitz? No. But I was good at, at different things. But I remember being, now just on the swim team, I remember the coach pulled me and said, hey, you got a, you got a good, uh, you know, this is good. I need you to do this. I'm like, coach, I can't do that. <coughs> yes, you can. No, I can't. Yes, you can. No, I can't. This is what he said. Go home. I can do that, coach. I'll try that. I'll try that. I went home. Now, this is what I told my parents. This is one of the things I love about my parents. I told my parents, I want to quit the swim team. And my mom said, what? <laughs> I always want to run it by mom first because dad didn't get home till 430 and mom was always the easier touch. Moms are like that. Why? Because I'm not as good as the other guy. I mean, I'm good, but I'm not really making varsity all the time. I'm always swimming JV. Now, coaches want me to do this. I don't like it. I don't like doing it. I'm not very fast at it. I like just swimming regular. She said, but you have to be able to do, because, you know, on the swim team, you'd have to run up to the wall, do a kick turn, and then now you've got to do the backstroke, and the ones you've got to do the breaststroke, and then you got you know. I'm like, I, don't, I was okay with the breaststroke. I was okay with the forward. I didn't like the backstroke. I was going everywhere, <laughs> you know, and uh, she said, this is what she said. Well, we'll talk to your father. I don't want to talk to my father <laughs> because in my father's world, there is no other world. And so when we talked, this is what they decided. Now, this particular reason, I do love this about them. This is what they said. You are not quitting because you joined 
and you joined a team. So you will fulfill this season. Whether you swim terrible or whether you swim varsity or JV, you are swimming. But mom, no buts. Now, when the season is over, if you don't ever want to go out again, you don't ever have to. We're good. So they made me stay on the swim team for the whole year. And I did. But it was a risk. It was a stretch. It was a mental ride for me. You might be praying for different results, but are you putting your hand to doing anything different? So I, this is what I did. Now, I said all that just to say, I asked the coach, could you teach me how to do the backstroke so I don't go clear over there? And the coach said, you know, listen to what I'm, I'm about to tell you because this is not in my notes. The coach said, I was waiting on you to ask me. He said, well, my nickname then was Gleese. He said, Gleese, you have potential, but you won't tap into it. And I just said, okay, he said, after practice, you give me about a half an hour and I'll help you. I said, okay. So after practice, for however long that took, I did the backstroke. The backstroke. And you know, after a while, I liked the backstroke. I don't want to do it now, but I liked it back then because I, I got better at it and I wasn't going clear over and I remember. I remember going in the next lane and my hand went back, just smacked some guy right in the face. Pow! And he was mad. We were on the same team. We're just practicing. So after practice, he's like, you better not ever hit me in the face again. I'm like, dude, I don't even know where I'm going. It wasn't on, on purpose, but okay. Here's our, our third point this morning. We must dream bigger. Do you want what's in the promised land or are you content with leeks and onions? That's what we have to, Pastor Kim and I have to talk to ourselves like, do we want to just stay? I mean, I, I'm glad the doors are open. I'm glad we're in the black and God has been, he's a blessing to us. But he wants more for us and more for this region. Are you there? There are more people that need Jesus. More people need to find Jesus. And how will they find him? They'll find him when we go into the highways and the byways and we live and love the kingdom way the way we're supposed to. All of us, not preachy. Not, not judgy, not religious, but just being compassionate and nice. Almost feel like the Mandalorian. This is the way. That's all we got to do. Do things the kingdom way. If you were Yoda, there is no try. Only do. I want God to... I don't want to... I don't want to say, God, I'm not doing that. If he said do it, I want to be able to do it. I at least want to try it. But I got to change what I expect. I got to dream bigger. I got to expect bigger. I got to know that if I put my hand to it and I do something different, things change. In our new house, we have a, we have a great fireplace. It's a, it, I love it. It's awesome. You know, I can put wood in that, and after a while, sometimes the wood is... The way I, I stuck it in there, it, it doesn't get enough air, so it's, there's not enough flame. And I got a poker. You ever been poked? <laughs> if you're married, you've been poked. You know, but Kim likes to do that, too. She'll go and she'll move that wood around, and she'll just move it enough, and all of a sudden the thing is ablaze. 
Sometimes we have the right ingredients, but we're too content to stay where we're at. And just a small change, big difference. Dream bigger, expect bigger. He's going to take you beyond yourself. He's going to ask you to do something bigger than you because you're going to need him to finish it. If you can do everything God has asked, I mean, it probably wasn't God. If you, I can do this, I don't need anybody. Then God didn't give you that idea. It's going to be bigger than you. When people say, man, that's awesome. How'd you do that? You, you have no other, just say, God, I don't know. Do you, I mean, look at this building. We owe on the mortgage. We had two. We paid one off already. We've only been in here four years. Everything in here that you see, we don't owe on. That's God. I don't know how that happens outside of God. The sign on the building, we don't know on that. We raise the money, we pay for it. That's God. These instruments, I still have, I'm baffled at how we did that in the beginning. But all we can say is, God, doesn't a sign point to something bigger than you? These signs will follow them that believe. They're going to lay hands on the sick. They will recover. They're going to cast out demons. I'm telling you, Jesus is not dead. He's looking for people that will say, I believe, and I'll be stretched to do what you've called me to do. Now, this morning, I just want to challenge you. What's God telling you to do? What's he? Maybe it's just to the neighbor. Every time we had a neighbor, we lived on Savannah Drive, west side. The guy would come out and he'd smell me cooking. He didn't want anything to do with God, but he liked meat. Most men do. <laughs> Look, all the guys, that's right, man. You, yeah, boy, mm, word, yeah, meat. Give me some more meat. <laughs> John, preach. John just bought a freezer full of beef. That's why he's saying that. Guy shows up at his house. You want to buy meat? Yeah. <laughs> but that's what, you know, that's what God's, he's, this is what he said. This is how easy this was. I didn't have to tell him about Jesus. I showed him about Jesus. This is what he said. Make him a burger. So when I would make stuff for Kim and I and the kids, and the kids were just little. I'd make two more burgers for him and his wife. And I'd just take him over there. He, this is why he said, I smelled you cooking over there. I said, hey, I thought I'd make you a couple. I had plenty. He didn't know what to say at first. First he did what everybody does. No, 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 that's okay. No, no, no. I'm like, dude, they're right here. Please take them. I don't want to take them back. If we take them back, I'll have to eat them. I don't need to eat anymore. And he'd just go like, okay. Then I started taking him more stuff. And more stuff. Finally, I got to tell him when he started asking me about God. What's he calling you to do? If we're going to reach people, we got to reach them where they're at. Not from a pedestal where we like, I'm looking down. on. No, I'm talking about, I love you. I, I might not love, love everything you do. I might not be in agreement with how you live or who you are or whatever. But you don't have to answer to me. you got to answer to him. And according to him, I got to love you no matter what. If I was down front, I'd get down and I'd say, preach. It doesn't mean, you know, love isn't saying, I agree with everything. Love is saying, 
I love you. Can you do you think God agreed with man, everything man did? You know he didn't, but he still loved. He still provided a way to bridge the gap, and that way is Jesus. Now the call is this. How are we going to present that? I'm going to say this to you, and I'm done. The word represent, we're supposed to represent God. Let's break that down. Let's represent God. Let's represent him. Let's say this is it. I've had people tell me, you know what, I've watched you and I didn't, you know, you, you, you flew off the handle. Then just say, you're right, I did. I blew it. I'm getting better. People can't argue with just flat out honesty. I'm just, I'm getting better. Yep, I screwed it up. Or, always know there's two sides to every story. And then, well, if you want to go three, then there's usually the truth. But just give it to God. Let's take this time. I mean, let's all come Saturday. Let's bring 75 people with us. I don't know where we'll put them all, but we'll, we'll, we'll shove them in here. We'll get them in here, but we're going to have a great time. God's going to speak to you. But I want you to start thinking living blessed. And I want you to make some changes. Not religious, preachy changes, personal changes that will reflect a heart change. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads, please? Heavenly Father, I just give you praise. I thank you, God. I just thank you, God. I thank you for what you've done for me and what you've done for my family. But God, I thank you. That family includes these, your people, this church. I thank you, Lord, that we can lift your name up. We can worship you in freedom because you are God. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, if there's somebody here or somebody online that's saying, Pastor, I need that relationship with Jesus. That's something I need. I just want you to raise your hand. I won't embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Yes. Maybe you're, yes, maybe you're online and you're saying, Brett, that's me. Just put your hand up where you are. God sees that. Now, I'm going to say a prayer. Now, there's no magic prayer. Hey, I said the prayer. This is about believing what I say, believing what you say. I want you just to repeat it. If you're like, I don't believe it, then this is just words coming out of your mouth. But if you're like, you know what? According to the Bible, listen to what I'm saying. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. So let's just say this. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. I accept you. Forgive me for the things I've done wrong. From this day forward, I'll do my best to do things your way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Stand to your feet. Give God a big shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's so good. I just love the Lord. He is so good. And again, my, my biggest gift is is my wife and and my children i just i'm still in awe i tell people i just if i stand next to kim then everybody goes yep okay there's god yep but it's so good he's so good to us and he's so good to you and he wants to increase that but we have to start saying god 
There's more that you want me to do, and I can do that. With your help, I can do it. With God, does it say some things are possible? It says all things are possible. So what's he asking you to do? If it is impossible for you to do by yourself, probably he's involved in it. So just say, okay, show me what you want me to do. We'll get her started. Amen? 